0: Okay, so we're looking at Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 through to the end of chapter 7. So something we all know lots more about now than we did a few weeks ago is something called a virus. And if you're not fed up of hearing that word, then you jolly well ought to be. Um, Because it's everywhere, isn't it? And the way that it is spread and the, 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 the massive consequences as a result for our for our world um, and i say that because in a way sin is like a virus isn't it not so much the way that it spreads but the fact that it does spread and and the, and the consequences of that within our individual lives but also in the society in which we the world in which we live so we started off we uh, yesterday we we thought about how um, adam and eve made a choice <clears throat> decided to 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 do what they thought was best for their own good regardless of what god had said to them and the consequences for that were were devastating and far reaching far reaching right through to to us today uh, and for all humanity They're, they they and of course the greatest consequence it upset it upset everything in terms of man's relationship with with creation with nature our our relationships with one another and of course fundamentally at its core it, it it broke our relationship with god it separated us from god and if we'd have read the intervening chapters between then and the ones we've read today we'd have seen how how that virus then starts to work out And we have the terrible situation where one of their sons murders the other one. I mean, absolutely horrific um, act. And today we see how how it's spread even further. Let's just read chapter 6, verses 5 through to 7. The Lord saw how great man's weakness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he'd made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth. We'll oh, stop there. And so we see this terrible picture of man's weakness, wickedness. We see how the virus has spread throughout throughout their world, throughout their society. First of all, we read that their thoughts were evil. Every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, all the time. Their thoughts were entirely selfish, all about themselves. What was best for them? Again, a repetition of of, what had, of, of of what had happened with Adam and Eve and why they'd made their decision. In verse twelve, we read that. Verse twelve, we read that their ways had become corrupt. God saw how corrupt. The earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. That word corrupt talks about something being warped, twisted, out of line. In fact it's the same word that's used when Moses comes down from the mountain and finds the people worshiping the golden calf. Instead of worshiping God, what are they doing? They're worshiping pagan uh, idols and having a sexual orgy. They'd become corrupt in their ways. And then verse 13, we read how the earth was filled with violence. Filled with violence. Imagine living in that society. It must have been a terrible place to, to live. And, and of course, the the, 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 the massive contrast with how, how it was in Eden when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden man's wickedness God's reaction well we know if we read through as you've read through those two chapters that a terrible judgment was coming upon the earth that would destroy um, virtually all of creation men and women animals etc but it's interesting isn't it that God's first reaction is not anger God's first reaction is not anger we just read in verse 6 how the lord was grieved and we also read how his heart was filled with pain now we know these are are human ways of trying to describe uh, describe god and therefore they're only ever uh, they're only ever very limited but uh, and the new living translation of that verse says it broke his heart When God saw what the world had become, it broke his heart. And that reminded me of when, I think, when Mark was preaching on uh, Palm Sunday, how when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, amid all the joy, all the celebration, what does he do? He weeps. He weeps. Because he longed for Jerusalem and Israel, those people, to respond to him. And they didn't and his heart was broken. He longed for them to come back. I don't know about you, I know, I know um, some parents or have known some parents where their adult children have treated them terribly badly, where the children have literally left their parents and just gone. And they, the parents didn't even know where they'd gone. They didn't know how they were, they didn't know if they were alive, whatever terrible situation and in a sense you could understand the parents being angry about that but what was their overwhelming reaction emotion it's one of grief it's as if they had been bereaved they longed for their children to come back they longed to find out that they were okay a terrible situation and God longed to be merciful to this generation some commentators believe that when it talks about 120 years in the verses before we started our reading this morning, beginning of chapter 6, that that 120 years was a period of opportunity. Maybe it's the period when Noah was building the ark. Maybe it's what Peter, it's referred to in 2 Peter, where it talks about Noah preaching to his generation. But people see that as a time when that whole generation, despite how evil they were, God gave them an opportunity to change their ways. But eventually, of course, when they refused to do so, judgment came. And God is just. God is perfectly righteous. God, therefore, cannot just ignore what we do and how we are. He has to act. And we're the same, aren't we? When we, hear about, when we hear about terrible crimes or atrocities or whatever else, we ourselves feel that something ought to be done. There needs to be justice. I know we're often warped because we think there needs to be justice for other people. We're not always so keen if the justice should be applied to ourselves, of course. We're a bit, that's, that, shows how, that shows our, our twistedness. But we who are not holy think that justice needs to be done. And God says in verse 7, as you read, that he will wipe mankind from the earth. Another translation says he will blot them out. We all know about disinfecting things these days. I'm sure we've all got bottles of whatever else on our, in our kitchens where we're wiping surfaces down. Well, this is what God did. It's almost like he took a disinfectant and he wiped the whole of the surface clean to start again. Another picture might be a a potter making something with clay and how it all goes out of shape certainly would be if I was ever using a potter's wheel And, and then how it's all, it's useless. And so the potter squeezes the clay again and he starts again. And that's what happens here. But there was one man who was righteous. If we read in verse 9, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. He walked with God. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Contrast to the society in which he lived. He walked with God. And in Hebrews 11, we realize that that's because he walked with God, he obeyed God. It said he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Not easy for Noah to obey God. I can't imagine what it was like trying to build a boat in the middle of a land where there was no water close by and how, that, how long that took and all the, all the hassle he got as he did that. <clears throat> but he did. He obeyed God. There's much more we could say about this paragraph passage and I was going to say some, but we'll pick it up perhaps uh, tomorrow as we go on to, to, to the subsequent chapters. I suppose the question for us, then, just to finish with, is: Are we? Do we want to walk with God? God wants to walk with us. God wants. God longs for people to walk with Him. Do we want to walk with Him? And are we? Do we want other people to walk with Him, too? Do we have God's heart for the people round about us? We can't connect with people at the moment in physically we can obviously connect through other means maybe we'd pray that when we can connect physically with people we might have more of God's heart more of God's mercy a day of judgment is coming but today is still a day of grace and we should live in that time of grace let's just um, let's just pray together Um, let's just pause for a moment and then I'll close close in prayer Father, we cannot we cannot understand, appreciate, get get a grip on how much you love this world. Lord, we know that the measure of your love for this world is that is sending Jesus and the judgment that he took on our behalf. But Lord, you know we can't really, we can't really understand that. But Lord, not certainly not in its in its fullness. But, Lord, we pray that we we will have a greater understanding. Lord, we know how you long for us and for all of humanity to, to come to you, to return to you. And that, Lord, by faith, by trusting in what you did, that is possible for all of us and for others. And so, Lord, we pray that our hearts might be inclined to want to walk with you as Noah walked with you. Lord, like him, we realise we won't be perfect, we won't get it all right. But Lord, we know that it's possible for us to have fellowship with you through Jesus Christ, your Son. And may that be true for us today and in the days and weeks ahead, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.